you know, trigger. I mean, we don't even have anything up on like um, Apple Podcasts. Like, I feel like there's got to be a way we could bring all these MP4s and put them in to like an Apple Podcast. It shouldn't be that hard. But right now, it's just yeah. I know a couple friends that do podcasts. But I, so I have nothing. I have no clue how to do any of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're in the mission. I, yeah. I ran into Pam and the, at Bender's. I don't know if you've ever been there before. No. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's cool. So, how many days a week are you doing the podcast? I'm doing it just once a week, and I'm doing like this mobile thing I'm working on too. Um, but uh, yeah. So we are going live in about thirty seconds. Okay. All right. I'm gonna blare it. Yeah. Welcome to the show, rock star chef, Bay Area native here, Latrina Katrina. Hello, how's it going? It's going well. Gosh, we've got a virtual audience in here. We're just getting more packed by the second. It's insane. Yeah, it's really, um, it's been fun. Yeah, so I know, gosh, I've, I've seen you around. I've seen you around for a while. Are you got yes, some... Yes, yes. I mean, we've known each other for years. It's crazy. It is wild you know to be an east bay native um first off yeah i want to wish everyone a, a happy june or uh, juneteenth a uh, very special day um and being a, a native here gosh i remember just all the the art and everything that's happened from when we maybe crossed paths in the east bay um but gosh you know as i saw you I remember i saw you ran into you 15 years later at a, a restaurant in uh, San Francisco. Do yes, you remember that? Yes. yes, at Redford, yes. I think it was my birthday. I can't remember, but I was like, holy jeez, this is a blast from the past. Because I hadn't seen you probably since you were four, 14 or 16 years old from the chiropractor office. Yeah, 14. I remember because oh you, you were 16, so I remember, you know, somebody that's old enough to have their license they're like a big grown-up you know they're like a grown-up you know i thought i was so grown up and i thought you guys were so tiny and now i'm like oh my god they were only two years younger than me <laughs> it's wild that that happens yeah i um there was someone i worked with at a restaurant his family owned the restaurant he was 14 um when i met him and i was 19 and now he's running the whole restaurant he's like <laughs> like 30 years old now. I'm like, holy crap, how no did that happen? No way, that's awesome. Yeah. So I know that you had but been in the, the restaurant, or, I mean, you've done everything, but, it, you know, you've, you've definitely been on, you know, in San Francisco for a while, and how did that all start, and how did you evolve into being the uh, the rock star chef that you are today? I feel like you turn oh, into a sport. <laughs> well, you know what? I get very competitive with it, <laughs> and I wasn't competitive um, to begin with, but lately, I just have been becoming a little more creative, and I feel like I'm getting competitive where I'm like, okay, that meal was great. How am I going to top it next time? And so it's constantly like, how can I improve it? And I love that. Um, 
but I started getting into the restaurant from when I was a kid. Um, backstory, we used to own um, a fine dining Italian restaurant. Um, my grandmother is an amazing, phenomenal uh, cook. Everything is homemade, always fresh. Um, her son, my father, he was a chef. And then his uh, brother, the youngest one, he was a chef as well at the restaurant. So in my family, food has been around my whole life. That's the, you know, brings everyone together. You have food. You have a bad day, you have food. You have a good day, you have food, you know? I feel like um, that's... So th- I mean, in a family like that, it was like the day you were born, you were born into it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. But it's funny because I have an older sister and she didn't pick up um, any of the cooking skills whatsoever. And still to this day, I'm her personal chef. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I love it. I'm like, you came from the same family, but she just has no interest for it. But it's great. She does bookkeeping, so she can do my bookkeeping and I do the food part. So it balances out. A baker makes bread. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that sounds very efficient yes yes so when did so, you yeah, that's how it, oh go ahead when did you move out to san francisco when you i mean because you started you're in the family um, restaurant was that in the east bay yeah that was in the east bay and that was when i was younger so we would help there or um, my dad would do zucchini festivals or they would do banquets and when we were younger we would like set up all the banquet tables and put the glasses out and the plates and um yeah, we just kind of got into it that way. Wow. So that's yeah. that's like from the beginning. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's never been. Like, if you come to a, a family holiday at my house, I mean, it's phenomenal. I have to tell people and warn them the day before. I'm like, hey, <laughs> don't eat a lot of food and don't eat a lot of breakfast. Because just our, the, um, the appetizer spread is, is wild. And then it's like you go into the full course, and then you go into dessert. It's amazing. Christmas Eve is the best day at our house. <laughs> oh, wow. I can, I can imagine. I was just, yeah. Thanksgiving. I can imagine. Yeah. Christmas Eve. Stop. Those are the big cooking days. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you would, um, you had got into cooking when you were, I mean, your family, were, they were all chefs and entrepreneurs. Yeah, and the crazy part is is that I didn't live with that side of the family. So my parents are divorced, and um, when I was younger, I lived with my mom. And how I kind of got into cooking, because my mom was a single mom, and it was my older sister and I. And so um, we would be home, and my sister would do the cleaning, and I would do the cooking. And I would still, I remember, presenting the plates, like, beyond, you know, for – for an eight, ten-year-old, like, did a pretty pretty darn good job. So it's been that way. I mean, my sister and I, we would eat off of um, my mom and dad had uh, gold china. And so every night her and I would have dinner on the gold china, gold, you know, silverware, and drink out of, like, wine glasses. And it was great. But that's what I remember doing, I mean, since a kid, like always doing that. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. I had, yeah, I, um, I was raised by a single mom, too. That was, um... Yeah, so she was working all night, so it was like, hey, she would leave a list. Hey, make the rice, make this, and she would leave me just basic stuff to do, and that will be one thing straight. My mom is um, a, a basic cook, like nothing, you know, Portuguese side, nothing crazy. Good cook, but nothing, you know, compared to uh, my dad's side, the Italian side. I mean, we're into food. That's the, that's our life, you know what I mean? So it's, I've come from completely separate worlds, but that cooking started a lot, though, when I was younger, and my mom having me cook because, you know, she was working. But it was something great, you know what I mean? It was just a great, great thing for me. Yeah. I um so I mean, gosh, Italian 
I just um, I worked at, at an Italian restaurant um, in college, and that the feeling, you know, just walking in, you know, some Frank Sinatra, you know. Are you a Sinatra yeah. fan? I do love old school music, and I just bought my first record player. You'd be proud of me. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so now it's time to get some records. Yeah. Someday. Yeah, gosh, yeah. That is just, uh, that That just reminds me of being at the, you know, the restaurant. It was, there's nothing more, you know, better than a family-owned kind of warm feeling, you know, restaurant oh, absolutely, walking in. absolutely, absolutely. Because it just makes it warm and comforting, and you're going out to eat, and you feel like, hey, somebody made this homemade, and you know somebody's mom was back there. It was somebody's family recipe, you know, passed down. It wasn't just, you know, something they created. And it just does bring a good, happy vibe to, I feel like, everybody, you know? Yeah. Cooking, good food, good yeah. vibe. And food is something I feel like makes most everyone happy. The craftsman, you know, ship behind it, too. I, uh, I'm a big barbecuer. But, um, okay, I'm just getting into that. I just bought a big I saw that Traeger. That Traeger. looked awesome. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the big boy. That is no <laughs> I had joke. A couple, I had a couple friends making fun of me because I had just, it was just a tiny barbecue up at my cabin. And I'm like, hey, I still produce good food. And so they're making fun of me. And so I bought that big barbecue. And now I'm like, now who, now who wants to talk shit on my barbecue? I'm like, I shit on your guys' barbecue. <laughs> What kind so of wood? Now I need to start practicing how to barbecue. <laughs> Those wood pellets. I think that that was one of the best purchases I ever had or ever did or bought. You know um, what? Hands down, I have not heard any complaints from anyone about the Traegers. And even I hear great things from females, which is, you know, because one thing, you know, a lot of females didn't barbecue back in the days, and a lot of females don't know how to barbecue now. So it's nice that a lot of females are like, oh, I can go put the Traeger on. Oh, I can go and do that. And they feel like, oh, hey, I'm a chick and I'm able to barbecue. I, and I think it's awesome. That's pretty rock and roll. Right? Because when you think up. about it, it's usually always pretty much the, you know, dad's barbecuing or something. It's not really mom's barbecuing. You're smoking. Smoking <laughs> BBQ. I just, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think, I've, gosh, I've smoked up just about everything. I like some cheese, like smoked up some cheese dip. That was pretty cool. Oh, interesting. I want to do a pizza. I heard pizzas on those Traegers can be pretty amazing. Yeah. The um, wood chips. So I, I've i had so many. I've gone through so many wood chips that I, I forget which ones I have left. There's so many different flavors. There was like this Mystique. Or <laughs> does that sound right? I, um, yeah, no, I have, the, I have that one. That's the one I've been using right now. But there's a ton of different ones. And then you can also – I've been watching a ton of videos on my YouTube. It, and you can also um, – make your own little combination. So you could do a half and half mix. Oh, wow. You can, you know, combine anything. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, there's so many, yeah. I I was actually amazed because with Traeger, there's so many people that own them and they're part of this, like, online club. And there's people it that, is, you know, they, they, yeah, they take these pictures. They take these pictures of what they're, they're cooking and then there's like a 100,000 people that are on the page and then, you know, it's just, you know, Uncle Uncle Jim, you know, or Auntie Lou cooking on a, a Traeger. And then the whole, like, 100,000 people see it. It's, like, pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, but that's how, like, teaching is nowadays. Everything, just watch a video and you can do it. Think about these kids, how quickly they learn things. So it's nice to have these videos to show people because, you know, you didn't, we didn't have those back you know, it's like maybe you had a cookbook or you had to have somebody show you how to do it. Now it's great. There's all these videos on how to do anything and everything. Yeah, I just can imagine. So coming from that, that you know, cooking, you know, 
background and your family and you know the Portuguese and all that culture, that fun. Um, when you went into the the, re the first restaurant you worked at, that must have been interesting to you know be at a different. What was the first restaurant you worked at? Oh my gosh! So the Throwback. first restaurant I worked at was Gary Bell in Pleasanton. And the reason why I worked there, my dad was a director of operations uh, for the gentleman who started Togo's, and he had purchased that restaurant. And so my dad made me work there over summer. And, oh, it was just, I had to make milkshakes and frosties dipped in chocolate. <laughs> awesome. It was just not the job, but I had to do it. And I saved up like $750. I came back, and my older sister, she and I blew the money. And I'm like, well, there went that. But, yeah, that was not one of my funnest <laughs> my funnest working uh, restaurant job yeah i um yeah i just from there what was the when you because you were in pleasant in your east bay but when you when you moved to the city what was the first place that you worked at when you moved to the city so my first place uh, i worked at was uh Masaki, and it was a japanese uh sushi restaurant in the marina and it was a party place uh, DJs, uh, three days a week. You, I mean, anything went. You want to dance on the tabletop, you want to dance on the bar, anything went. It was, it was the funnest job I've ever had in my life. I got to eat sushi just days on days straight. I met so many amazing people, learned so many different things. Um, that was the best job. It wasn't a job at all. And I'm still um, friends with the owners. The owners actually was part owner uh, at Redford. And so oh, I bounced around sense. with their group and worked for them. And so, yeah, I've been with their group since I was 21 years old, so, you know, 14 years. And I'm still good friends with them, you know. Um, if they need a block party, if they have that, you know, I work for them. But that was hands down the best job ever. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's really neat. I never knew that they bought or they were the owners of Redford. That's great that you have that, that, um, that connection. Yeah, because they were – yeah, they were like Aventine, Redford, um, Brixton, Sabrosa, so that whole group of people. But, yeah, it was uh, just one of the best times of my life. I'm like, worked there for nine years off and on, but it was just great. Really good community. Everybody supports everyone. Just um, family-orientated, which I really, really love. And it was just always a good time and good food and good music. I mean, what more could you, you know, want out of a restaurant, you know? Good times, food and music and booths. I mean, that's awesome. That sounds like a great time. I mean, it's um, yeah. There was something about yeah. You know, I think Redbird and that location was kind of a a good call. Whoever invested in you know Eric or Justin, I you know I don't, I don't know who. Um, yeah, because Geary, I felt like when I had moved to the city back in 2013, was kind of like pretty borderline. Like it was definitely tender. It was like tenderloin. Oh, it was tenderloin. Yeah, but then uh -huh. people, but people that lived in, the, you know, on Turk and Leavenworth, when you told them you lived on Geary Street and you said you lived in the Tenderloin, they were like, that's not the Tenderloin. Because it was just, I don't know, because it's it's definitely, wor I mean, Geary's pretty busy street, and I, I just think but that's it's just. It's still the tender. It's still the Tenderloin to me. You could walk two streets down and two over, and then you're, like, in the heart of the Tenderloin, but that's still, <laughs> I feel like, Geary's still the Tenderloin. It's definitely, for sure. Yeah. But the funny part is, is that so Redford used to be uh, Suite 181, which was a nightclub that the Mossaki owners owned. 
and then they turned that building into Redford. That's pretty. Yeah. Wow. There's so yeah. much background on that too. I uh, I know, right? That was such a fun place. I'm so sad that they sold it. Oh, they did. I didn't. I, how yeah, recently was that? Yeah, they sold it. Yeah, so it's like a Brazilian um, nightclub, I think now. So completely not Redford anymore, but definitely some of the best times of my life working at Redford. I mean, you know, visiting there. Great people, music, food, you know, the tenderloin. Yeah. I really, you know, I really do like, I really enjoyed living there. It was pretty central. Um, I remember getting a bad rap for living in the tenderloin and just kind of with everything that's happening now in the world. And, you know, that's systematic. Was it racism? I mean, all these, we got all these questionably housed on the street and, it's like if you if you bash a neighborhood, you're kind of like bashing what's yeah. So living there, it was really eye opening. I never um, really strange actually. I I never really identified with being white until I moved to the Tenderloin. It was just like there was like oh he's white. And I'm like what? <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting, but I I I think that the the food in the Tenderloin is some of the best in the city. Oh, absolutely. There's. There's just hidden gems everywhere in the Tenderloin. And one of my um, best friends, um, Chantel, um, she lives there. And so her and I just love it. I mean, there's Thai food. There's Indian food. There's anything. You can throw a rock and you can hit a gazillion restaurants, every different type of cuisine you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. That ramen place, gosh, when they opened that ramen place across the street, that was ridiculous. That was crazy. Did you see that? Yeah, it was Very, just, but it was but it was well worth it. It was, I mean, a great bowl of ramen where it was worth twenty two dollars. Yeah, a bowl is something. <laughs> it's right? some really good. I mean, it was just it's it's so strange to see. I mean, I feel like you know sitting back here at the station in Muni Radio in the Mission District. You know, I've had this show for you know a year now. And with this whole lockdown and everything that's happening in the world, it's just like this is the one thing that has stayed like consistent. You know, I just feel like the whole world is changing around us and all these restaurants like that is such a big, big hit. Everything is changing and nothing. People are like, well, when things go back to normal, I don't think it's going to go back to normal for a long time or I don't think it will go back to normal. Like definitely the restaurants, they have definitely taken a big hit. Uh with this, you know, um, having to let go their staff, having to retrain staff, having staff off for three months that haven't been cooking. So you go back to work and then the food is not good. And then the server, you know, it's just, it's crazy right now. Yeah. I feel like, you know, at that point, the customer experience, you know, is kind of changing. Well, you have to lay off all the staff and then, yeah, I, um, but it's understanding times where it's like, People going out, you should understand the circumstances of what's going on, that that is the type of service um, that you're going to get, and it's very limited, so you have to kind of, like, go with it and be a little patient. Like, I've seen people lately out and, you know, kind of being rude to people. I'm like, hey, 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 like, they're doing us a favor. Like, they're open right now. Like, we can cook. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't. These people are doing us a favor by being here and putting, you know, their health in jeopardy. You know what I mean? If something happened, and so – you know, I just really urge people to be polite to people in the restaurant industry right now. You know what I mean? Like, they're going through a lot. It's a lot of crazy changes every day that, you know, a lot of people don't know about. So, 
yeah, that's yeah. definitely one thing. Patience, people. <laughs> Did you ever run across the tamale lady? When no, you... I didn't. I'm going to tell you, I don't. That's the one food I don't care for. I don't care for Mexican food. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, because I feel like, I don't know, it's um, because people slinging, you think there'd be more people, you know, selling food on the streets, like out of a cart or something. Well, there's also the laws on it, so that's what uh, you have to be careful of. So they do have to have their permits, and a lot of those people don't. So, you know, those uh, sometimes will be the hot dog people. So sometimes they can get shut down, but I think there would be a lot more, but there's just a lot of regulations with it. Yeah. All right, so it is 420, so we are taking calls. We're giving away some seized candies. I got a caller on the line right now. Hello? Hello? Oh, wow. Who's this? Happy 420. Happy 420 Happy 420. It's going down. <laughs> it's Aaron calling from Texas. No way. We've got somebody from Texas. Yes, awesome. sir. That's incredible. It's 620 here, so I've been, uh, I've been getting into it for a couple hours now. Yeah, it is officially the weekend, if what, whatever that means now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every day is the weekend. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah. Um, well, you just want to... Um, you just won a box of truffles. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we got a little maraca and everything, too. Um, <laughs> I love it, Justin. I love it. Yeah. Like going, giving, the, giving them the full experience. How's it going out in San Francisco? <laughs> yeah, it's going well. Hey, thank you. Hey, um, we're going to we're gonna play, um, we're going to say, um, it's yeah, it's going well in San Francisco. Thank you so much for calling in. Um we got a was it we're gonna be playing a uh, a, a band um, called Lo- Free Local Honey um, to to close out the show today, and um, you could find them on Spotify and um, everywhere everywhere you could find music. Hey Aaron, thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. All right, cheers. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, you know it is. Uh, so I got a couple of lines i'm behind i'm in like in this lab and i have all these like notches and stuff yeah it's pretty fun but somebody won a free box of candies man <laughs> hey that's amazing so everybody loves candy yeah i'm gonna have to i have to ask you so this is i don't know because i see the the stories and it's so cool and it's motivating because i feel like what you're doing is just like inspiring and um there was a you have these these food boxes that you're making. Oh, with the meat and cheese and the crackers. Yeah, no, you have all, you're just doing so much. Uh, but I was, is there, is there anything, are you able to like, um, to store this somewhere? Like I'm just trying to, I'm just, there's such a high demand for food right now. <laughs> yeah. So right now I am actually been so blessed and so busy. Um, I had a my sister, one of her girlfriends, is a personal trainer, and so she kind of got me on board with some of her um, people that worked out at the gym. So I've been doing just a few of those preps, and then I've just been getting my own customers, and then it's been one customer refers to somebody else. So it's been great. On Sundays, I deliver about 60 meals, and then during the week, I mean, I'm doing meals too. I mean, it's just it's nonstop. That's all I'm doing all day long is always cooking. 60 meals. I was just yeah. like, people listening and it, and in, 60 meals. That's a lot of it's, meals. It's fun for me. 
and it's great because I'm teaching people, and that's what's great about it. I'm teaching people how to how to eat properly, um, different alternatives. Hey, emotional eating. Um, I do have a couple clients, you know, and I give them uh, journals, and I'm like, write down what you're eating for the day, how you're feeling, and a lot of that goes together. And it's been awesome that I've been working with people. I'm like, let's work on like your portioning and why you're eating so much first. And then let's get into like being healthy and getting to that point because if you don't address that, then you're only going to get somebody who it, it's an off and on diet and you need a lifestyle change, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just been great just really teaching people like, hey, you don't need to eat all of that. You know what I mean? Being educated on that. You do need, you know, uh, grains. You do need vegetables because a lot of people don't include those in their diet and it's really crucial. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it sounds so, yeah, like it's been this awesome has become, this is like people, a you know? lifestyle. This is It is a lifestyle change. And, you know, I still indulge. People say, oh, my gosh, I'm super fit. And it's like, hey, I still indulge, but I eat a lot of good food. I have my days where I'll eat candy and I eat cakes, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, out of my house. You've got to go, and then I have to deliver them. But, I mean, it's everything in moderation, and that's what, you know, I used to do um, up and down with my dieting is what I would call it. My sister's like, you're, you're always up and down, you're extreme, you're either 100 or you're nothing. And then finally, uh, when COVID hit and I was at my cabin, you know, isolated for so long, I really kind of like got down like, okay, I need to figure out like, why am I eating bad and um, associating that with things. And it just started becoming better and like eating better. Like, hey, you need to fuel yourself with the proper nutrients or you're going to feel like crap every day, you know, and there's a lot of... Um, a lot of studies about behind food and, you know, anxiety and depression and all that. If you're eating bad, you're going to feel bad. If you're eating good, you're going to feel good because you're getting all that nutrients and you're not just getting all these preservatives and, you know, sugar. And it's just, yeah. And if you can avoid certain things, like I tell people, you can avoid them and, you know, it's just, it's better for you. You know, you'll start feeling better after, you know, a week or two weeks of it getting out of your body. But, yeah, I just, I'm loving it. It's just, it's feeling good. This is my calling, you know. Yeah, no, I could see it. The um, you know, the there's this art, there's like a science behind it too. I Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could read this. I feel like I just want to read a book and 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 go buy it, you know. If I <laughs> This lockdown is so crazy because I'd spend a lot, of, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a gym rat, you know. I mean, I've just I'll run on the, the elliptical, you know, I'll dance on the elliptical for a couple hours, you know, when the gyms yeah. were open. Um, but then, I don't know, I just, um, I, I feel like cooking from home and, and and doing that, and I feel like everyone out there is kind of navigating, it's like, you can't go out to eat, so you have to figure out something to do, um, but I mean, you've been cooking and, you know, you've been doing this for so long that I feel like maybe there's some benefits of this whole lockdown. Um, Absolutely, this has been... I know it sounds, it, this has been the best thing for me because it pushed me and it just gave me a drive that was nuts where just one day I'm like, okay, and I just started and I'm like, okay, and I just got on a roll and it finally, you know, sometimes when something just like clicks and hits and that's what it was when in COVID it was like, all right, game on, let's go. And that's where I'm at right now where it's like, okay, this is my product, this is what I'm going to deliver, and I already know, you know, I'm going to be fine and I'll accomplish what I want to accomplish. So it's been great, just a challenge every week, you know, like, okay, I'm going to get 10 more meals this week. Okay, I'm going to get 15 more meals this week. So, yeah, it's been awesome. You know, if you didn't, t- if people didn't take anything from 
you know, this, uh, this time, I feel so sorry for them, but I'm blessed that I took so much from this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really, um, feel that way too. And I think, you know, people out there, well, the, the world has had a chance to kind of replenish itself. Um, but also, you know, you're sitting back. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, you, everyone's trying to find a way to navigate, uh, through this and, make it up through to the other side. But I, I feel like, you know, here at the radio too, um, it's really just a huge blessing that more people are at home and more people are listening to podcasts out there. So yeah, thank you all for listening. And yeah, that's, it's so, I know it's like, it's art through the airwaves, right? And then like cooking and is, you're like a, you're making, you're crafting something. It's, yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, you're, you're going and you're actually delivering these meals yourself or, Yes, I deliver them. What a I savage! Them. I, have, I have, I have my little. Um, they look like these little, like yogi little picnic baskets, and they fit about twenty-six meals in each one of them. And then, yeah, that's how I deliver them. So you know, you got to send me one little notice and off the back, uh, back of my car. Wow, that is old school. That is just such a throwback. It's like a, an old western it movie. Is. You know, but the I wagon like it just throw personal, it in the back. It's a personal, but it's a personal experience. I get to meet each client. I get to talk to them like, hey, what are your needs? Like, what are you going through? Um, I don't know if I had told you, but about a year and a half ago, or two years ago, excuse me, um, right before I moved away, I ended up having a, a ton of stomach problems, horrible stomach problems in the emergency room, probably like over 40 doctor appointments, 50 doctor appointments in the last two years, just all stomach gut-related stuff. And so I really did have to take a turn on my lifestyle change with food. Wow. And so, like, the, the first thing I had to do was for three months cut everything, like, out of my diet. It was crazy, but it got me on the steps to getting, you know, on track. So how did you, when, like, you when you started that journey? stomach problems, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I right? mean, like, those stomach problems and when your journey and when that began, what did, how did you start? Um, start with what? Uh, just like far as like dieting, um, oh like well, the doctors cut everything out, so they said no caffeine, no chocolate, no alcohol, oh nothing gosh. citrus, no gluten. I mean, I ate, um, I had broth, Roundup, uh, chicken, carrots, and celery, gluten-free crackers. I had a little yogurt, but I it was bare minimum because I was so scared to eat because everything would bother my stomach, and it was it would just it was so uncomfortable and I just oh now I'm like oh I never want to get back to that place ever again but I also wasn't eating good I wasn't taking care of myself properly you know what I mean yeah so I feel like uh, you ended up on top on that one for sure absolutely and now it's like oh man I just feel so much better more energy and it's like we don't need to be putting you know all that junk in our body it's not good there was somebody that I had met and they'd said that they had no idea that they were allergic to gluten, but then they, they turn out to be allergic to gluten, so then it, it changed basically their whole life, and it was kind of a, a similar, or it sounds kind of similar. It's like when you have something like that happen, like your whole life, just you change it for the, for the oh, good. Oh, yeah, because when you have stomach problems like that, and your stomach's bloated and hard, and you can't even eat anything, I mean, it is beyond painful. Um, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. So I've seen you. I mean, you're you're out there doing it out there, and um, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the transition. You know, you said two years ago, 
uh, moving from the city? Because I, how long were you in the city for? Oh, well, I worked out there since I was 21. That's right. And then I lived out there for about five years. Five years. But I would always commute just back and forth. But yeah. But it was very hard transition moving to Sonora. I mean, I lost everything. Like, I lost uh, one. I sold everything out of my, you know, place, which was fine because I was moving somewhere else. And then, um, you know, I just didn't have any friends up there. There was no restaurants up there. I think I ate out five times while I lived in Sonora because the food is that bad. Like, there's just not much there. There's a Thai restaurant. That's pretty good. That's about it. That would be a definite shock, culture shock. No yeah. Indian food. It's very limited, so there's just a lot of pizza and sandwiches and burgers. Yeah. Are you, you were Indian, yeah, you know what, as I saw this quote, I thought it was genius. Yes, I love Indian food. And it was, uh, I went to, it was, uh, it was Costco, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I've been quarantining alone, I don't have any roommates, it seems kind of silly to cook up a big, I do still, but um, I saw this. I'll, um, tell you, I'll tell you a secret, when it's just me eating, I eat like crackers, maybe some cheese. I maybe a cup of soup or something. I don't do fancy. I usually will do a little like fancier. I want to cook if there's somebody else. It's just kind of boring cooking for yourself for one person. I will say that, and every person who lives by themselves does that. I feel like you you have it figured out. Like if you put this, you could. This is like a playbook. You like have your like cooking playbook for every. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. That's what it's. I'm making mistakes, but I have great clients who know that I'm starting off and I'm passionate about it, and I'm like, hey. There's going to be accidents in life because that's what happens, right? If you've never done something, you're going to find these hiccups, and then it's great that I'm getting these hiccups early on and not <laughs> later on you know, being successful. So at least if I can get these hiccups taken away now and know how to deal with them later, it's going to be way beneficial for me, you know? Yeah, and I feel like maybe you know what it is, not for me personally too, but maybe perfectionism maybe isn't the right word, but I feel like in general, like as a person, I feel like you're you know, always pushing to be – more or to perfect it you know yes yes i'm, I'm to that point i, I didn't feel like it is perfected, that, but, but lately it's been getting there where it's just like i want my plates to look perfect presentation because that's what everything is about in my business you know what i mean like that's my business card you know my my instagram is my business card so it's like everything does have to be perfect and you know just look amazing yeah yeah what is your uh what's your instagram um, handle. I'm just curious. Um, you know, I have a new one. Let's see. What yeah. Gosh. So you know, I was, I was at Costco and I found these like things, uh, the, um, a nanwich. So it was an Indian style sandwich, Ooh. tiki masala style. And I thought that. So I'm looking at the back of this box. It was the sweetest, cutest little quote. Um, and the the lady was like a, a little Indian, an Indian grandma. She was so cute. And then they had a picture of her. And then the, the quote was, there's people who like Indian cuisine. And then there's people, there's two types of people. There's uh, there's people that love Indian cuisine and there's people that haven't had it yet. Exactly. <laughs> I thought that was like genius. I'm just like, I don't it's know. Com it's completely true because it's very, um, very few people I can go eat Indian food with. So normally in San Francisco, I would just go to Curry Leaf right on Columbus, the best Indian place ever. And I would order the same exact thing there. It was great. Um, now that I'm back in town, my little sister, she likes Indian, so we'll go. But, yeah, my whole family, they're not about Indian. And everyone does the same thing, like, oh, curry. And I'm like, try it. You know, try it before. But some people just don't uh, aren't introduced to spice.
spices and they don't care for them. I love, I love spices. So. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like Thai spices, anything. Oh, amazing. I cooked up the, I don't know, maybe you'd seen it. Um, I cooked up this, uh, chicken casserole, curry casserole. Okay. It had, um, celery, um, and you know, had all this like, had craisins. I don't know. You wouldn't even think it's mind blowing. I, I don't know. It's not as crafty. I mean, the, the presence of anything I'm cooking is not as, as pretty. Um, <laughs> but I'm getting there. I became a plant dad in this whole lockdown. Have you got any plants out there? <laughs> Actually, I just started. I love succulents. So I have a full, my kitchen is filled with succulents. I feel like that's that's the next thing. I was just like, that's what's funny is uh, that Italian restaurant. I know you have come from Italian, you know, restaurant background too. Yeah. Is that they had um, so the owner, his name is Joe Giuseppe in San Luis Obispo. He has a uh, this. Yeah, wait, San Lu- and he owns. I think I know what in San Luis Obispo we go there. I'm sure. Has, oh, uh, it's... I guarantee you because that's just crazy. We go to one Italian restaurant in San Luis Obispo and the owner's name is Giuseppe and he would give us the zucchini flowers and my family would go down there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He is something special. I tell you. I, uh, Oh yeah. It was great. Nothing like a family owned restaurant or business in general, a family owned business. And so he had uh, some acreage in a rural grande. And so he okay. grew all of its vegetables there. So all the Love vegetables it. that were there at the restaurant that they made, like the, yeah, this guy, they're, they got to be just like fifth generation, <laughs> like restaurant owners. I don't know. There's yeah. something, it's that feeling. Oh, you awesome. Know? Yeah, I would love to do that. I want to do something um, farm to table. So I'll probably stay in this area for like another year, but I would love to have a ranch. I want to be able to know what I'm growing, how it's growing, what to put into it. I just think that's, you know, awesome to know. And it's, it's such a great feeling that you put all this work into something and you're consuming it. Um, my grandmother was raised in Italy, and um, and that's all that they did. They barely ate any meat because you didn't eat them. You know, you weren't gonna eat the chicken. You got the eggs. You weren't gonna. Um, they maybe had meat one time a year, so they grew everything. They made everything. They didn't waste anything. And she really taught me a lot about that. You know. Yeah. That is. Yeah. That is. That's great. My, uh, yeah, there's something about, especially with everything locked down, the simplicity of life, that's, feels like the, that's the way life should be. It should just be, you live on, live off the land. Oh my you know, God, it was the best thing. I was like, I don't have to leave the house for anything. I don't need anything. The only thing I would go to the store for was food during COVID. That was it. Gosh, I just wonder, you know, I, um, cause I, you know, dabble and been doing coffee for a long time. And so office coffee, that really kind of died because all the yeah, offices so are closed. what's going on with that? But the, uh, so the, the retail market has picked up, I mean, you, I mean, more than ever. But um, it's definitely changed the demand for sure. Well, and also people were using that, you know, they go to work. It was a – people don't want to make their own coffee at home, even though it's cheaper. It's the experience of going there – getting the cup, talking, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's employee productivity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Something. People, I tell people I don't drink coffee. I drink, that was one thing that. That would probably mess with your stomach too. <laughs> I mean like, yeah. Well, and they, yeah, that's what they said. They're like, no more coffee. And so I didn't drink coffee. And now if I even have a cup, oh man, I am just wired. I can't even do it anymore. 
Yeah, I've definitely had coffee. I have so many coffee overdoses. I usually just I just have one cup of coffee a day. That's the only way that I got I can manage it. If I have more than that, it's like a total. I don't know. I feel like a crackhead for like thirty minutes and then right and super nauseated, and then all of a sudden you're like crashing. Like, yeah. What happened? <laughs> yeah. The um, I did go actually. What's funny is, um, well, some of these restaurants, not very many restaurants, are open in San Francisco now, but Buena Vista Cafe is open, and they yeah. have outdoor seating, and they're they're known for was it the uh, the Irish, Irish coffees. Coffee. I don't know if you went there. It's kind of a tourist eat kind yes, of thing. And I love it. They yeah, make it's a good. Thousand, I I asked them. They make two thousand cups a day. Have you ever watched the guy do it? I mean, that guy. That guy is just repetitious. That guy has been doing it for years. I mean, he doesn't miss a beat. He is on point. It's it's amazing to watch that guy. I'm trying to remember. So there's a couple, but there's one I know in particular. Um, his name is Larry, and he's gosh, he's been there since he was in his 20s. And he's taller, thin, older gentleman. Yeah, and he had these magic card tricks, which just mind. I mean, these this guy has been a bartender for. 40 plus years at the same and place. And those are the people that he is a real, he's a, a bartender. You know what I mean? He's just a straight As a up. career. Like, there's no more of those people around. Yeah, he's just an entertainer. He had these magic card tricks, and I was just tripping out. I couldn't figure out how he did it, and I felt like I was a kid again. That's so awesome. I love it. See, and that's like the experience of going somewhere where you took like an extra you know, an extra thing to do and it made the experience for you and like it totally makes you smile every time or telling somebody else like, ooh, I want to go there and see if that guy's there doing the trick, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that's where it is. I mean, the customer experience is, is where it's at. You know, I I feel like, you know, that kind of area, which for me, I mean, I'm in Bernal Heights now, um, so okay. it's a little bit further for me, but gosh, I went to, uh, I went to the wharf maybe a couple before this whole lockdown, it was kind of, it was cool to be a tourist in my own, like, city. I remember going yeah. into the, the Taffy, I don't know if you've been at the wharf where they have the Taffy, they have the new Gold Dust there, too. Um, I was with, I was with a yeah, friend. Yeah, the Gold Dust Bar, right? Yeah, they moved that there, so that's, that's an interesting history, I don't know, because I, I know you've been around, um, in, on the streets, you know, or in the restaurants here, and kind of maybe seen the movement, but I remember when, uh, Gold Dust was on Powell Street. It's now an yeah, express. Yeah, right by by Macy's. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was cool. I remember I went there for their last day, and so there was this um, uh, her name is June. I don't know if you met June, uh, but she had owned the place since like, like the '60s or the '70s, and so no she sold that, and then she the last thing she had left was, and it was really close to Redford. And Yelp didn't know what to call it. It looked like a closet, basically. It was a bar. Oh, but it, the Geary Street. The Geary Club, yeah. I, yes, so I know exactly. Yeah, she, um, she was trying to sell it. Yeah, I heard for like a while. I didn't know she was the owner. Okay, now it's all piece yeah. by piece, everybody, you know. She was like an 84-year-old working the bar. Yeah. It was like the ultimate badass. It was so cool. Yeah, and, I uh, did hear that she was a pretty, like, rad lady from all the people who live in the Tenderloin. They're like, yeah, that's a cool place to go. I, I think I went there once or twice, but I don't really remember because I probably was drinking some tequila. <laughs> yeah, the, that, yeah, tequila. That sounds great right now. The, um, that place is one of the last, like, dives that was left. I think she recently sold it. 
But I mean, that is just wow. a true dive. That I mean, they didn't even have a name for the place. Yelp called it's it crazy. the Geary Club. They had to call it something. That's that's what gets people, though. You know what I mean? Like, if you have an establishment that great, you don't need a name for it. You know what I mean? We're like, we're going there. Yeah. Gosh, it's so much fun in the history. Yeah. I do miss all the all the food and the experience out there. That's one thing that I do struggle with out here is customer service because there's no there's no customer service out here. People just don't care. And it's like, wow, I'll give you a thing. The other night uh, I went to go get Sonic. Don't judge me. And uh, my roommate's like, try this uh, lime cherry limeade. I'm like, okay, cool. So I did it. And I'm like, this is disgusting. The 7-Up's flat. And he's like, yeah, this is flat. So I asked the girl, I'm like, hey, um, can, is something wrong with the soda? And she goes, yeah, the 7-Up's out. And I'm like, okay. I go, well, it's just, you know, it's flat. It doesn't taste good. And she goes, okay, so what do you want me to do? And I, go, <laughs> well, I, go, can you, I go, can you change the 7-Up? And she goes, well, you'll have to give me a few minutes. And I'm thinking, wow. you knew that the, the soda was bad and that it wasn't changed, and you still gave me the drink, and then you were irritated with me <laughs> because I asked you to switch it and give me the proper drink that I ordered. You know what wow. I mean? It's like, Sounds like you got a disgruntled things, like, employee there. <laughs> well, it just it's funny to me because I'm like, okay, now you're going you're gonna to waste that cup. Now you're wasting more product when you just could have walked to the back, changed that 7-Up, and gave the customer the correct – you know what I mean? But people just, you know, they don't care anymore. It's not your place. They don't care. They don't treat it with, you know. It's a lack of human love. interaction, maybe. I don't know. But are these places packed? No, there's not a lot of places packed down here. But like I said, the service thing is very interesting down here. It's nothing compared to San Francisco. Absolutely not. Wow. So you if basically I get good, have If I get good service down here, I'm surprised. Like, it throws me off. I'm like, oh, wow. And then it's like, oh, I'll come back because it's such great service. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, you know, so I don't know if you remember, so the idea and the concept is, is great, and I know you're a Bay Area native, and I know it was big in the Bay Area, but there was that Schwann's? Yes, yes. That's a, I feel like that's a great that's business my, model. That's my, con that's my concept of kind of what I want to be like. I want to get one of those old um, mail trucks and know I'm going to have it painted all white. And then I would deliver to people. So when I would deliver meals to people, in the back of my car, I'd be like, oh, hey, I have trail mix today. I made some bone broth. I have some preserved lemons. So it's almost like a homemade store in the back of my car where I could sell more stuff to people when I go to their house. Wow. You have the vision. I, I feel like yeah. – so I had kind of – have kind of a similar um, vision as far as, you know, uh, the music – and to have a mobile recording studio. So I actually did that when I was, when I came back from San Luis Obispo in what, 2010, I bought this 1989 Chevy Classic 16-foot uh, uh -huh. box truck. It was baby blue, so it looked like a PG&E truck. I feel like if it was any other color, it'd be creepy. But um, oh my the mobile business idea is so cool i i so this is actually a fun story too i'm glad i get to tell you this it's also father's day weekend wow happy father's day all the fathers out there um, yeah happy father's day guys so my uncle uh is a mechanic my my dad is a mechanic too they're also cowboys i don't know but carl? um they uh that truck your uncle that, carl carl yeah yeah okay uncle max yeah so yeah, max. that's right max <laughs> <laughs> that's this funny story yeah, so um, what it was is I got this mobile recording studio. I turned in, I got a, you know, two digital, it was a digital audio workstation in the front booth, and then I had a drum booth in the back of this 16-foot box truck. 
and I, I had it parked at my, you know, on the ranch, and I went and got an apartment in Walnut Creek. It was the first apartment I got, like, by myself, and I couldn't park it in front, so I left it on the, the ranch, and I went back, like, every week or every other week to start it up, and one week it didn't start up, and it was just like, it sounded like it barely wasn't starting, so I'm just kind of relating to you and your whole mobile idea and the, having the car. So it, the, it wasn't starting. Right? The classic, like, oh, I feel like I could tap the starter. But um, my uncle came down because he was a mechanic to look at it. And for this particular one, like the one you were saying, like the step side van with the white, um, where you work on the engine is actually in the inner, the center console inside of the car. So he went to open it and there was a nest oh. on the engine. Yeah. So <laughs> he said that he had a rat of phobia. He said that if I cleaned it up, that it, you know he'd look at it, and so uh, we we cleaned uh, I cleaned off the the motor, and realized whatever was living there had chewed the fuel line. So I patched that, and then we got it to start. So my uncle and I we got it to start, and the engine caught fire. <laughs> oh like, my goodness! It was just like I was like so like because I feel like the mobile idea is great. But if your car well, right breaks, now, and right now it's great. <laughs> so, and for me, it's good because you know me, I'm a very gypsy soul, and I like to be on the road and here and there, and not tied to one place. So at least I'm tied to my house um, or the shop where I can go and do things. But I get to be mobile, which is really nice. I'm not stuck somewhere all day. Yeah, gosh, I had the so I put I put like six solar panel panels on the top, and uh-huh. so the, the idea that I had was to go and pop up and play shows places but i mean i was i think that's a great idea i was 23 years old at the time this thing i bought it in the yosemite so i feel like it's closer to you it was like groveland you know where groveland is yes yes i have a uh, one of my girlfriends from culinary school she lives there <laughs> so i was driving out there and i so we were driving it back and it was 1500 dollars. it was just a junker i mean it was like all i could afford and it broke down on um tracy it bro- broke down was it on 580 Oh, no. Yeah, so, I mean, it was just a... I'm glad I did it, One though. thing after another with that car. Yeah, but the mobile the mobile idea, I think, is just so great. I, um... So now, now I turned my car, now, I don't know, into a mobile podcast. We're calling it, um... So my friend and I, we came up as a Jason Young son. He's, you know, local band here. Um, we're like, hey, so we're riffing off of Comedians and Cars with Jerry Seinfeld. But instead of comedians in cars, we're calling it rock stars in cars. I love it. Yeah, so I mean, but I being a rock star doesn't mean that you're necessarily a musician. I feel like you could be a rock star chef. You could be a rock star, you know, Anything mom it's, or, it's, you know, it's, dad. Everybody has their own interpretation of what a rock star is. So, yeah, I love it. It's an open, like, undefined word. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay, rock star. It can be for so many different things. I love it. Yeah. You know, for me personally, and I, I, you know, I'm not trying to hate on Jerry Seinfeld because I think he's great. But for me personally, I just don't think there's anything funny about getting picked up in a nice car. <laughs> I think it'd be funnier <laughs> to get picked up in a piece of shit and drive around the Tenderloin or something. <laughs> or Hunter's Point. or <laughs> would be awesome. Oh, Justin. The cooking is, uh, so, I mean, the whole mobile cooking thing, that's what actually... Yeah, there's not very there's some of that going on. I've seen some trucks around. I um after my experience with the whole mobile thing, I I mean I also bought a fifteen hundred dollar vehicle. What do you expect? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this is something like just down the line of like ideas that I have, but I always have, you know, like, okay, what else could I do? Like, what other way could I get revenue while I'm at home? And then I'm going to, you know, or make a deal with somebody, you know, who's buying, you know, X amount of meals off me. And then, of course, if they're healthy, they're going to want all these other healthy alternatives or snacks or whatever else I have to offer. So I think it's a win-win for sure. That is a win for all. I know that personally me, there's not a lot of like good places around here or like healthy places. So I know that I will pay X amount of dollars for a gluten-free cookie or I will pay this amount for bread or whatever because you can't find it. So I'm, I'm sure, I mean, you're pretty mainstream, but I remember it was bigger back in the 90s. Um, was it Jenny Craig? Do you remember that? Yes. What the? I remember that. Jenny throwback. Craig and like the, was she the Weight Watchers one? And that's like another thing too, though. Like it's it's calorie counting. So everybody has their own. You know, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I, you know, I went to culinary school and I took my nutrition, you know, course. Um, but just things that I pick up on, uh, you know, and it just all comes down to each one what they believe in and what they want to do. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I. I just um. It's. I mean, like you said, that every single, every person's life and their lifestyle and what they want out of their life and their health and is different. So to be able to offer that customizable, personalized um, plan, it's like not even a, a, it's like a lifestyle. Like I've known somebody that, gosh, I think it was my, my mom or my aunt or one of the, my relatives had, had went on that. And it was totally life-changing for them. But I feel and like... And did it, she did she stick with it? Yeah. Um, That's good because a lot of people don't. You know what I mean? It'll be partial, but then they don't, you know, follow through with it. Yeah. So, um, gosh, I think uh, she was... Yeah, she, had, she was a mom of two. Um, and, yeah, I mean, l- lost like 80 pounds. It wasn't like she was big but um it's amazing what you could do that's a lot to lose it definitely is you know it takes it takes a lot of dedication you feel like you got to have you know something that inspires you to do that like you said you know for your instance you had you know something physically like maybe your stomach or that was happening and you had you had no other choice but to adjust your lifestyle so i feel like in some cases like you almost need something like that to happen to trigger that that spark to get you on a plan and to stick to it because that's a commitment. Yeah. And I think also to having the support system. That's what I tell people is why a lot of people fail at whatever they do. If it's a diet, it's because they don't have a support system. You have to have a support system. People who are constantly, you know, egging you on like, Hey, did you get to your class? Hey, did you eat healthy today? If you don't have somebody, you know, kind of like holding you accountable, that's when people tend to, you know, start slipping. And as we get older, we really don't have people cheering us on as much as when we were young, right? Yeah. There's so, some like, cheerleaders out there, lo- I think. Yeah, and I love it. Like, my mom, um, my mom is the biggest and best cheerleader ever, and she has passed that down to me. And um, it's really nice because I have several friends. And just yesterday, one of my friends was over, and she goes, 
you know, the one thing I love about you that just sticks with me is that, you know, you're always cheering people on and always making them feel better. And she goes, you know, the other day I did that and it just felt so good. And it's like, people do need that because it, it just pushes them to give them like the motivation, like, Hey, you're going to do it. Like, okay. And sometimes people just need that one little step and, and they can get in the, they can get in there. Cause like I was in that funk and someone gave me a pep talk and it turned my life around. It was crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine. I just, at this point, I mean, like you've, you've been through it. You almost have your own personal playbook. Of yeah, and I, and I feel like having that experience and being able to share it with people, that's why maybe, too, I feel like Jenny Craig is kind of a little, you know, corporate-y. It's very – like uh, yeah. they have a list. It's not like they're, they're really your friends or they really care. You know, like my clients, I feel like during the week I try to reach out, like, hey, how's the eating going this week? Did you like the meals? That personal relationship, I think, is key to helping people as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally see that. You know, and I think at one point maybe the the vision, you know, behind that and Jenny Craig and that the vision was there, but then they got bought out by some and they big, got too big. Yeah, so I don't know if you know this, guys. What I say, I don't have a right in front of me, but I think '90s Jenny Craig sold to Nestle, which Nestle is one of the biggest companies in the world. Some of the um, some of these countries in in Europe. When you pay your water bill, it's the Nestle bill. Oh, interesting. I mean, to be bought, and then I feel like that's what it is. When you get bought up by a company like that, you just become McDonald's or something. Basically, you know? yeah. But I mean, here at Muni Radio, <laughs> we're never going to be McDonald's here. And that's good. No McDonald's. <laughs> me too. I mean, but that's what it is. It's like healthy and like that whole, you have a playbook here. Um, Miss Lulu, Miss Lulu's Kitchen. That has got a real yeah, ring to right. it. It's so hard picking a name. I have the hardest time picking like a name, name for my business because there, I have so many little different sides of my business that I like to do, so I don't know even what to call it. So that's why I just like going by my name. It's like, just go by Lou or Lisa. It's easier. Yeah. So that nickname is – you've had that – have you had that nickname for a long time? Oh, my whole life. So here's the funny story, and I'm going to – I'll say a cuss word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was so – I was a little girl. I think I was like three, four years old, and um, I was going to bed, and I walked in my mom's room, and I hit my toe on the um, the metal frame of the bed, and um, I mumbled something, and my mom said, Lulu, what did you just say to me? And I said, some bitch hurt my foot. And my mom was like, oh, my God. And so since then, little Lulu, it was a cartoon, and this little girl would get into mischief all the time. So, yeah, I was always into shit that I shouldn't have been in when I was a kid. And so the only person, um, my uncle and my grandmother on my dad's side, they're the only two people that call me uh, Larissa. But other than that, everyone calls me Lou. So it's really weird sometimes. I'm like, wait, which one? <laughs> yeah. I definitely, yeah, that's uh, that's fun. I feel like my, my brother, because I was the oldest, I'm the oldest of five, but I have my uh, – my brother that's two years younger than me, and he was the one that was the mischief person. I mean, he was just always getting in trouble, jumping out of tree forts and doing this crazy stuff, and I was the good kid. Oh, yeah, my sister, she she's the good one, and me, I'm like, not today, devil. Not today. I was a bad kid. But now I like look back, and I'm like, oh, well, it was what it was. But it was good times. A little too crazy sometimes, but good times. Now I'm old and boring. I don't know. It doesn't seem, you know, 
you're doing something. I, I stay out of trouble now, I guess you could say. So now I stay home, I cook, I'm very business-like now. Yeah. Plus I've done it all, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the, um, say that, I just think it's so funny because we're talking about, you know, having a family-owned restaurant or family-owned business in general and how we had crossed paths, gosh, 2001, I think, when you you were working at, you were working at Lee Chiropractic. Yeah, so, how, was, yeah, 2001 when I started there. What a was flashback. 2000, 2000, yeah, 2001, yeah. That was think about so awesome. I was actually just there last week having some back problems. That's, that's when you know your chiropractor is good. You'll drive two hours to see them. <sighs> yeah, they're great. I just think it's so funny or great. You know, we're talking about, you know, family-owned businesses and that they're there. And, you know, Marshall, so... Marshall's um, doing it. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it. It, what's funny is, like, you know, you haven't, I remember even before then because my family had been going there forever because we were cattle ranchers and mechanics with, you know, bad backs or whatever. Oh, yeah, your dad a firefighter. Yeah, everyone has bad back. Yeah, so, I mean, those are some, that was maybe my first, like, family-owned business experience but i didn't realize it because i was just a little kid right then, yeah you didn't put it together but then we all like marshall you know and i ended up being like almost the same age so yeah. then oh crazy I, yeah i was um you know i have that i had a similar experience was at the family-owned restaurant um called hana japan have you ever been there yeah. It's in Dublin, yeah. Ooh. In it's Dublin, like that was, you're going to die, I'm going to tell you the story. Yes. That was my um, first date with my boyfriend from high school, and that was our spot, Hannah Japan. And it's so funny, so every time to this day I drive by, and I'm always laughing because his parents owned a jewelry store right there. So we would be at the store, and then we'd go get Hannah Oh, it was the best. That was my favorite spot to go to. Yeah, so I feel like I got a similar kind of thing with, with the Hannah Japan as with Lee Chiropractic, is that, you know, they're family-owned business and you oh, go I there know. i mean i remember going to hana japan before i could even say hana japan it was a place where they cook in front of you and if anybody out there doesn't know hana japan it's like a family-owned benihana's like it's like a, it's a you know the the volcanoes and i mean the whole shebang the flying I mean, of the, the flinging of the shrimp <laughs> yeah oh so good um and you know it's so then one of uh was it John you know one of the um the son of the owner we ended up going to high school together. Oh no way! Yeah, so we're, we're like even graduated the same year, and I'm sitting back here. I'm just like, man, you know, there's still family businesses out there. There's still you know, and I feel like there needs to be more, and maybe that's what will come out of this. I don't know. That would be awesome. I definitely know you know sometimes working with family can be difficult, but. You know, if you guys can, everyone can come together, you know, it can be a strong, strong business. Wow. I mean, you start off, you know, in a, a family, you're born into a family of cooks and, a, you know, a family-owned restaurant business, and now you're here, you know, 20 years later, and, crazy. you know, I, uh, now it's Miss Lulu's Kitchen. I mean, that sounds, yep. that has got a ring to it, Miss Lulu's Kitchen. Wow. I feel like, Thank I don't know. You. I appreciate it. Miss Lulu Kitchen on Instagram. I bet you, that's a really unique name. I've always gone by JW. I go by the uh -huh. Candyman now. Um, I'll go by the JW. Oh, I love that, the Candyman. That's, that's a ridiculous. good one. ridiculous. 
Yeah. I feel like the same way when you had said, you know, with your, your parents or your, maybe your dad or who someone's called, they're the only two people that call you Larissa and then everyone else calls you Lula. That's kind of how I feel like with, with mine. And like my family calls me Justin, but then like everyone else calls me JW. And then people that, you know, from different, you know, places, they just call me the candy man. Cause it's, it's you're right. You just have all these different names. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you do too, I think. Oh right? yeah. Lars, Lou. Yeah. It, it goes on and on. Can you, uh, I just, uh, I can't remember the last place restaurant I saw you in San Francisco, but do you have I any like crazy the... story? Have you been able to, have you ever met any, like, like anyone like famous or the word oh famous? Oh my God, but... all the time. So at Mostaki, um, we would have people in there all the time. Um, Blake Griffin was in there. Did you see it? That was on my Facebook the other day. It was just I like think a I did. That, that rings up. a bell. A bunch of the uh, 49ers, um, Oakland Raiders used to come in there. Who else? Dave Chappelle. Um, God, so many people. Who else? A bunch of the Giants players, I guess, would come in. But everyone was really cool. Like, they didn't act, you know, like they were. Yeah. But yeah, you're always randomly meeting people. Um, San Francisco, you always meet some awesome people and celebrities all the time, you know? Yeah, it definitely, you know, is a destination for sure. I, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have only been, so I'm not one to normally get starstruck. I think if I saw, you know, Lady Gaga walking down the street, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm a fan, but I don't think I would go crazy. You know, I want to be starstruck. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get crazy about it. I'm just like, okay, they're a normal person, like a good actor or you're good at playing a sport. It doesn't, it's just a normal person. I think too, because I've known them and I've hung out with them. Um, I used to have a close friend and he played for the Sharks and just the nicest, they're just nice people. You know, it's like, I guarantee you, you would get annoyed all day long, people treating you a different way. And I just treat them the same exact way. Like, uh, I'm going to treat you just like a person. Like, I don't care that you're a little talented, you know? Yeah. They're human. They're human when it comes down to it for me, you know? So what it was for me, so I'm not one to get starstruck. There's only one time that this ever happened to me. Who and was it? I know you, yeah. I know you're you're a Raiders fan. Huh? Oh no, I don't do football. Football. You know, I remember that. You know, I think I remember something like that. Um, yeah, football's just not a fun. Basketball is my sport. Basketball, I love. Yeah. So. And I'll I, tell you, I don't have a team. I like the sport itself. Yeah. I I actually met. I saw and I met Joe Montana. No way. Yeah. No. So what he's it is? A jer- he's a jerk. He's a jerk. We we met him in Disneyland. And he wouldn't take pictures with us as a kid. And we're like, man, you can't come to Disneyland. Like, shut it down if you don't want people to talk to you. But you can't walk around Disneyland and get mad for people talking to you. You were so mad. Yeah. I don't know. I just, um, I think because I wasn't expecting it. Uh-huh. I Where mean, did you see him? Uh, I saw him actually at the, what's it, on the corner of Fremont and Mission Street. We're actually in the Millennium Tower. Um, that was before the, the news got out that it was tilting. Um, oh, geez. So I think yeah. it actually might have uh, him and his you know family. I think they had a condo there. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I ran into him. I was just like, I don't know. I mean, you suddenly just like got this legacy. I don't know. Maybe you didn't have the best experience. Um, but I feel like you know now you know you're looking at the way things are now with social media. You know the things that you know, back in the '80s, you know, sports and you know, 
deflating a ball or whatever. People did that all the time back then, you know, but it's just um, become more of a political thing, which I think in general, I'm just trying to think of, you know, another big star. I mean, I think Michael Jordan would be a shock to meet that guy. Oh, that would be, yeah. There, I guess there could be some people. I have to think about that one. Is there like a cook? It sounds like you, you, you're really deep in you the You know roots. what? That is, wait, a good question. I'm going to stop you there. I just watched a documentary the other night on Juro, and it's this um, older Asian man, and he owns a Japanese restaurant. And his two sons work for him, and they've been, like, apprentices for 31 years, like, underneath the dad. One of them uh, left and opened up his own restaurant, and it was, I have the biggest crush on this um, this guy, Jiro, J-I-R-O, and it's on Netflix. It's an amazing documentary to watch. Jiro. I never, never get a crush, but the other night I'm like, wow, this guy is just awesome. I haven't got much in so there's definitely some stuff that's coming to the surface now more um, I, I think I watched the first episode so I feel like you know somebody has a bunch of money and they have an idea and they throw money at it and then they don't really have the vision like with you you do you're cooking you know how to cook you know the playbook you know you know what you need to do to, to get where you need to be the goals where you need to to be but with um with something with a big um company that's basically i don't know you have control over it and i feel like oh sure yeah i mean with this book and so i actually can't remember the name of it but it's basically this show where they're cooking cannabis and it sounds yes awesome. i love it there's a couple different ones out but they're awesome yeah it's it's cool and I'm not saying it's not cool, but I think, I don't know. It just seems too cookie cutter to me in my opinion. I don't know, but my opinion doesn't really I matter. I like learning about it, though, and, and I do learn a lot off of it. And then it is nice because they do have some really cool chefs on there who make some really amazing dishes. I love the idea. I guess what I was, maybe that that's kind of what I was saying. I love the idea of it. And when okay. I watched it, yeah, it's, it could be educational, but I was expecting to be more like rock and roll, you know, like we're going to uh, cook up some cannabis right now, you know, like an Ozzy Osbourne's in the background or something. You know, I'm thinking that it's going to be like, um, I don't know. I think that it could be resolved. I was joking around with someone uh, the other day, you know, and uh, was it in the East Bay? Because another East Bay native, I've been running into quite a bit of natives. I feel like we're like white or wild horses now. Oh, interesting. There's not very many of us left, but no. the um, I was talking to this. It's just like, gosh, it's feel like it could be, you know, a riffing off of Full House, you know, five one zero style, you know, <laughs> like Miss, you know, or Auntie Lulu, you know what I mean, or whatever. It's just like it, it could be like your own show. I feel like it already is. Well, I did do something today where I um, slow mo or uh, I videotaped it of me frosting and decorating a whole cake, and so just to kind of like show people. So a lot of people have been asking for videos, so it has been kind of fun to give the videos that people ask for, you know? Because a lot of people will send me their dishes of what they copy what I cook, and it's awesome. I love that. I'm like, oh my god, they're they're doing it, you know? 
and then they feel they feel cool because they're executing you know what i executed yeah that is fun yeah no i see it sounds like just what i'm hearing and what i'm seeing um that you have it all there you have the, the plan you have the playbook you have you have it you know i have a goal in mind yes i'm just trying to execute right now so just one day at a time and i'm getting there yeah you know, it's been like such a great you know um i used to get very frustrated when um i didn't get things you know like right away but it's just like planting trees you don't get the fruit right away like you have to plant the seeds you got to have a couple seasons and so i've just been having an outlook like that and it's just been helping me it's like okay take your time your your business will speak for itself you know what i mean yeah. And that's exactly that's exactly what it's been doing. I haven't had to even do any advertising, just my, you know, ten clients that I started with, they've already gotten me clients and just all these other little, you know, things. So yeah, I'm really just these quotes too are I read this uh quote, um, don't worry about your reputation because that's what people think about you. Right? What is yep. that how's the quote yeah. Um Don't worry about your reputation reputation. Uh, worry about your character because your character at the end of the day is what is what means everything my grandfather um he's no longer with us but he would always say that like you know your character is more important than what people perceive you as and it's true you know that is so true that is a great philosophy like, well, you know what, what would you like and this is like one thing that i try to like think about is like what would people say at my funeral what would i want them to say at my funeral it's kind of not i mean bad way to think but it's like that's what type of human you should be you should be going for, you know, like, man, that was such a great person, great person in the community, you know, that's what you want to go for in life, you know? I agree with that philosophy. I actually feel like I'm yeah. I mean my, my ninety one year old grandmother was saying, you no. know, she's ninety one years old I'm ninety one years old, I've never done anyone any harm and I don't know, and then your your grand your grandfather too, gosh, you know, talking about him over the airwaves, it's almost like he's here in some way um yeah, yeah. i mean here at a father's day weekend kicking off yeah. a father's day weekend on juneteenth what does even weekend mean now i don't even know and that's the funny part since COVID happened you know we used to have these uh every day had a, a meaning it was like oh friday's here it's the weekend i can unwind i remember in COVID, some days i'm like i don't put any um you know, expectations on any day because I really didn't know what day it was. So no day had anything. Every day was just a good, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, I'm going to do this. But I feel like when we're on a schedule, that's, we just become a robot. And I feel like so many people became robots and put such expectations on Saturday and Sundays, you know what I mean? And didn't give any credit to any of the other days of the week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I've seen some things kind of like, in the air, you know, at one point about after this whole COVID thing about going back um, to a four-day work week. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know how awesome. logistically how that would work. Um, and I'm looking at, you know, these other countries and some of these countries, you know, other, outside of oh. America, they're going like six days a week, 12 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like now with this lockdown, it's like, if you're cooking away, I mean, you're just, you're getting a lot done, probably more than if you were, if it was, oh, you know, if things were open, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, 
it's a, there's a lot of good things that are coming out. I definitely feel like there is a revolutioning um, happening out there, and we're all a part of it. And yeah, you're really doing it. And um, thank you, I appreciate it. I finally feel like I've just like I've hit it, and I'm like, all right, I know what I want to do. And if you don't know what you want to do, how can you have drive about anything, right? How am I supposed to have drive when I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do? Or, you know, I haven't gotten to that place of learning everything, so I haven't been able to apply it all. And then now I feel like I've gotten there and I have a ton to learn because there's I'm mobile too old to learn, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I'm just excited. I mean, your journey, I feel like it's a sport. You, you really, I feel like you kind of already do have your own little Miss Lulu's Kitchen show. I do. My my little tiny following of people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A lot of exciting but things. Yeah. So um, I know that you uh, had this Star Wars cake that you're making. Yes, I did a Star Wars cake this weekend um, for a little guy who's turning six years old tomorrow. So his his mom, um, super nice uh, girlfriend of mine. And, yeah, she was like, can you do a cake? And I was like, absolutely. That's, like, my favorite time being in the kitchen and doing pastries. Because pastries, I get to be very artsy and crafty with. Dinner, I have to put out, or, you know, lunch, I have to put out right away. It has to be eaten, you know what I mean? So there's only so much decoration and what detail that you can put into it. But these cakes, I can sit for hours and use tweezers and put sprinkles on the cake where they should go. That is, that's an art. I mean, what you're doing, yeah. I mean, the craft... You know, it looks nice, too. It's Thank you. Well Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's been nice. I've been like, you know, I get hard on myself sometimes. And I'm like, hey, you're doing a good job. If somebody doesn't like it, then, hey, that's their opinion. But, you know. Um, yeah. I would always get like that. And so now I've just like been better. I'm like, hey, I put my heart into it of what I want. And, if, you know, not everyone's going to like everything, you know. And you can't, you know, get um, – get discouraged and give up because that's what I would normally do. And now I'm like, nope, okay, that's fine. I'm not, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Not in a mean way, but it's just, you know, not everyone's going to like your style of cooking or whatever. So, yeah. But yeah. I feel like, yeah, no matter what it is, it's not even cooking. It's like anything you do, right? There's not, not everyone's going to like it, but as someone told me in this philosophy, like really settled uh, with me, it was that more people smoke pot and voted for George Bush. I won't, you know, I won't mention any other presidents, but it's so, it's so funny. It's just, um, no matter what you do, you know, I mean, even the Beatles, they sold a billion records. There's a lot of people that don't like the Beatles. Uh, Yeah. I just, if you don't, that's just weird. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I had somebody the other day say Beatles or Elton John. And I'm like, you can't do that to me can't do that yeah i don't know and i think one of the funniest uh interviews i'd seen uh, was with robert plant and i forget what show it was on but he said hey before we start the show he's like beetles or stones so he asked robert plant beetles or stones and he says in his accent you know his english accent he's like stones um makes sense i mean because they're i feel like you know back then maybe the um the beetles were something more of like a top 40 band back then yeah yeah so um yeah uh thank you so much for for calling in we are winding down to the end of the show so much justin that was such a great time yeah Um, thank you very much for having me on and hopefully i 
Did an okay job? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Miss Lulu's Kitchen on Instagram. Thank you. Find yeah, her. and I'll definitely, next time I'm down, I will have to bring you some treats. Yes. I will treats. definitely get you some treats. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, well, um, have a have a good weekend. Yes, you as well. And yeah. uh, tell your dad I said happy Father's Day and your uncle, too, if you see them. I will, definitely. Okay, Jess, you take care. Thank Me you too. very much. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. Local honey. I'm closing it out here. Friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pantastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastics. You are it's perfect, you don't need no filter. Gorgeous, make them drop dead. Get you a killer. Shower you with all my...
closing out with some free local honey here from Texas. Um, you can find them on Spotify. This is her song, Living in Sin. Well, I got a beanie, and no, her name is Jenny. She crawls in between me, and then she goes to bed. She barks at me when she needs to eat. Yeah, she lets me know when she's thirsty. Oh, Jenny, Jenny, Jenny wants to go outside all by herself. She's my joy and pride. The hawk's in the house, circling around, looking down at the ground, saying, what a proud hound, Jenny, Jenny. in between and then she goes to bed she barks at me when she needs to eat yeah she lets me know when she's thirsty oh jenny 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 wants to go outside all by herself she's my joy and pride the hawks and the owls circling around looking down at the ground saying what a proud hound jenny jenny yeah jenny jenny that's what i'm saying jenny jenny
Spot a little hottie when I flipped up the shade. Looking like a red rice sitting in the driveway. Bottle of Ciroc with her in the Kool-Aid. She done pulled up like I'm getting rid of waves. Are you diving, running through my mind? Take a break and we could have a good time. Show you moves like I'm the new James Brown. Me and you should get a room right now. Cause if it's gold, I'll throw it away. You're worth more than every single chain. It ain't gonna work if you don't want it to. Best drink I take is when I'm sipping you. You know where I go when we're dancing. Handshakes in the Hamptons and getting drunk in the mansions with you. And you look so classy. Come through with that magic. You know that I'm about to smash it. It's true. I could take you to the room, I could take you to the beach But we gotta leave at nine, cause I gotta get my sleep You could be the early bird, I'ma give that wine Get with me, I'll take you around the world Cause if it's gold, I'll throw it away You're worth more than every single chain Walk with a limp, it just means I'm cool Next trip I take, it's just me and you You know where I go when we're dancing Handshakes in the Hamptons And getting drunk in the mansion So classy, come through with that magic, you know that I'm about to smash it, it's true. You said you're living up north when you're coming to the A. You said you need to find a crib. Well, tell me where you want to stay. I know we're not too pressed for time, but can you pick up on the pace? Inside of looking at your pictures, want to be up in your face. I want to dance, but you want to laugh and want to sing. Take you on the road, have you rocking all my bling. Don't know if you're the one, but if you are, you get a ring. They say that down the line, don't want to rush those type of things. I'm a mama's boy, so you got to meet my mama first. Let you with the coupe around, just use a seatbelt first. New shoes, new clothes, and a Chanel purse. They came in the Hamptons, got a lot. Lazy you know curves, I know we're dancing. Handshakes in the Hamptons and getting drunk in the mansions with you. And you look so classy. Come through with that magic. You know that I'm about to smash it. It's true. Stay, cause now you're moving on and I don't know what 
Go, go, go. She always be talking like she know, know, know. I told her don't ever leave me long, long, long. I guess I'm accident prone, 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 prone. Simply download the podcast post show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you gotta do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the cool 
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> burger mutiny radio thinks you'll find the best burger in san francisco at counter offer located inside bender's bar and grill counter offers menu aims to please your drunk face tater tots are served daily on tuesday nights counter offer serves specials off the taco bell menu only better you can enjoy your favorite taco bell item without the guilt counter offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. 
So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month. Business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. 5% yeah, right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full length. Let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month. Download a podcast and you
can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs>
Yeah, that's uh, Harry Nielsen. Um, 